What's good, everybody? Happy New Year. It's your boy, Osiris, coming at you with the host with the most, the one, the only. Unnamed host, a.k.a. Tasty T. <laughs> and that's with a capital T, for those that don't know. <laughs> My man over here used to be six foot five until he got shot in the cap of a bazooka. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic, classic stuff. They always say that, that you got to watch out for the quiet ones. If you notice, I ain't saying nothing. That's right. For about a minute now. Nope. So, my man out here rocking the Jerry Curls. <laughs> you know, with that 1980 style and that 2022 life. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. My man was rocking the mask way before COVID. <laughs> exactly. With mask and gloves on, like what? Exactly, exactly. But Woo. all right, well, uh, nah, that's a good little segue because uh, uh, jumping into swinging things, uh, looks like the tribal chief got hit up with the nineteen. Yeah, which is, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you don't want anyone to get it, nope. but um, he's got leukemia, I believe. Yeah, so he has uh, what they call a, uh, was it inco- in, in compromised immune system, is that it? Or I think that so, yeah. Or, no, compromised, compromised immune compromised. system. Compromised. Yeah. Compromised system, okay. Yep. Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, so uh, they had to change because the pay-per-view, what was it, last night was day one? Yes. <clears throat> uh, it's uh, a pay-per-view for WWE. Yes, uh, with the Federation. Seth Rollins also, at, um, also caught the 19 as well, correct? Yes, but I do believe he was at the pay-per-view. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yep. He Because uh, a number of roster talent caught it. Right. Um, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, I think, were the only ones to come out and say it. Oh, okay. But those, but, uh, I was going to say, when he caught, when it was reported, it was about less than a week. Don't you have to like quarantine for like 14 days? So it depends on the state. Okay. <laughs> so wait, did, did, did Seth perform yesterday? I haven't uh, seen the so I don't know like what happened. I just you know knew the the changes. With uh, I believe I believe he did. Um, I watched the pay per view. Okay. Uh, right up until the main event, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, started falling asleep. So it's like you know what, better better catch it tomorrow. But okay. with that being said, Rollins was there. Uh, they did an interview with him in the back. He was talking about getting ready for the match. Um, so I, I have to assume he went on and competed in the match. But then how does that work for who's his opponent? Uh, he was in the what ended up being a five-way match. Okay, so that means five people and potentially, or four other people potentially at risk of you know, catching COVID as well? Um, I, I mean, theoretically... And you're very right. And I guess I would say in regards to that, theoretically, anytime anyone, especially in WWE, who I believe just sent out a notification saying <laughs> they are no longer testing wrestlers unless, like, they show symptoms. Huh. That's crazy. <laughs> testing is expensive. You got a roster of however many talent, 80, I think, yeah. something like that. True, but I mean, you, it's not like they I, uh, have no money, but <laughs> let's, say, cuts, let's do, let's say you do show up symptoms and you do come up with positive cases You and, you know, you're within that 14 day, you know, window, you, you shouldn't really be in ring, especially with other, at, you know, contractual workers. <clears throat> so, That's crazy. I, I don't disagree with you, 
But I, I guess what I will say is, because uh, I actually just did some reading up on this the other day, um, because we were really worried about uh, after uh, Christmas festivities and being around a lot of people. And uh, Irene had just got her booster last week, but after getting that, she had been feeling like really sick. Um, so, uh, so I did uh, a little bit of my my Batman. Know, detective Holmes style research right. um, and found out there is no definitive information whatsoever um, on this whole thing. Um, and to be honest, I only went down for about an hour down like right. the CDC guidelines and things like that. Right. But uh, right in the CDC guidelines, it says it varies by state. Oh. <laughs> and uh, which was a little bit crazy to me. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But the whole thing is kind of crazy to me because I also don't know who came up with 14 days. It's like, oh, yeah, like two weeks. Like, like I, I hate when I hear what, what sounds to me like an arbitrary number. Like 14, right. that's a nice even like, oh, that's two weeks. I'm like, do do viruses and diseases understand how human time works? Like, <laughs> But isn't it on the, under the umbrella that if you, you know, several days and then you you know retest and then retest and that's like when the window you know that usually you, the virus has you know society from system is like after that four, yes. that, that 14 day test that you're like good and golden usually that is the case okay um, and they've since uh made all sorts of changes to that because okay. now um my uh Actually, I don't want to out people who yep. who, who caught it. Yeah. Uh, but I'll say a, a, a relative of mine. Yep. Um, caught it. Um, okay. and, and their doctor told them nine days. Um, got a quarantine for nine days. Take a test, and if you're good, you're good. Okay. Um, okay. That person is vaccinated. Um, yeah, all right. So, so that I probably that. yeah probably makes it go fat. Gets the symptoms out faster. Yeah. Possibly. So I don't. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't fully understand how all that works, but it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. they were told nine days because uh, they were. Uh, so it's like, uh, like I, I don't know really what it is, and they were fine uh, by by day nine. And again, right. so I don't know if it's vaccination or, or what it is, but yeah. but yeah, they were good by day nine. Um, there are some states though that say five days. Um, yep. It's the necessary quarantine time. That's that crazy. Five days. Yeah. Wow. Just a word. <laughs> yeah yeah basically and uh, and when i look at things like that i have to wonder i'm like yeah is that how you came up with that number like oh like we don't want someone to miss more than a week of work like yeah uh, yeah but i guess also too yeah because i know right now with the hospitals being so overcrowded and over and again like just slammed with uh yeah. cases left and right like it is it's so it's best I'm more towards a longer duration of quarantine, so you help alleviate, you know, the healthcare workers, and you know, so they don't uh, get bogged down or just end up leaving due to stress and you know, craziness. Uh, no, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. So, with that being said, so uh, if you're hypothetically, you know, working against another guy that just tested positive, positive less than we'll say, you know, two weeks, um, what do you? Would you a going to that match and B if you are in that match what is going through your head um I guess to me it depends like have they been tested since and like they're clear or like is it like oh yeah no I tested positive like a week or two ago but I'm good now don't worry yeah have like mild like <laughs> mild <laughs> symptoms yeah exactly yeah <laughs> cause uh those are two two different scenarios in my head yeah um but uh you know if they if they got tested since and they're in the clear 
I'm going to have to go off of like, all right, well, it says they're in the clear because how do I know someone I'm in the ring with didn't test and they don't have any symptoms, um, but they they have it, you know? Right. Um, So it's a a scary world out there. Um, Right. Same thing going back to our our, our discussion from, uh, you know, last year uh, when we were discussing, (laughs) you know, with uh, Hannibal uh, and then, you know, with him going against Abdullah and that whole situation, like, when when you guys go into the ring and you go up against other you know opponents, does that in the back of your mind also factor things? Say if you do you know if there is some some you know blood you know being spewed, is that also in the back of your mind as far as like you know what this opponent may or may not? Have? <laughs> um, it's never been in the back of my mind. Okay. Um, but I've also never really played bleeding for dollars. Okay. Um, you know I, I would have to think if that was my deal. Uh, that would be more more present in my mind. Okay. Um, but it, in my career, I've been busted open hard way a couple times, but right. uh, I've never bladed. Right. Um, you know, and I do feel like that's kind of a different thing, you know? Right. Uh, you know, busted open the hard way, it's in the heat of the moment. Usually the other guy is not bleeding. Right. Uh, you know, and so it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. And you're just trying to finish up, get to the back and get cleaned up as quickly as possible. Right. Um, with all that being said, though, something that's always in the back of my mind. Yep. Back infection. How's it? So how's that happen? Um, so that's some sort of like thing that's on like mats and things like that. Um, it, it happens often in amateur wrestling. Um, oh, okay. is that similar to like... um? When they have like uh like uh skin worms like not, well, yeah, like, yeah, like a, oh okay okay all right I thought they were two different separate things but they're, oh okay they're, they're two different things but isn't but that like basically like a rash thing? Well, no, staph infection is way worse, and that's why oh, I'm okay. it's two two. They're two similar things, kind of like COVID is a flu and the yeah. flu is the flu. Gotcha, you know? <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So which yeah. one's worse of the two, staph or staph infection is gotcha. worse? Um, gotcha. Because people have died from that uh, if they what? don't get it treated. Yeah. So is it, is it a virus or a bacteria? It's a bacteria. Ah, and is it what due to the like the sweat buildup? I don't know Blood. exactly what it comes from. Okay. Like, but I I know it's found on like dirty surfaces. Ah. Um, <clears throat> so you know, I, I mean, if you shower, you should be straight though, right? I feel like, yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like, you know, shower, hopefully you don't have any open wounds or anything. Ah, I got you. How often Uh, does staph infections happen in the biz? Not that often. Okay. Uh, That's good. Thankfully, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, because, you know, when these rings are going traveling from show to show, like, I doubt they're getting doused in bleach or, you know, some sort of, like, anti, you know, bacteria Uh, type of substance. I feel like in 2020, the companies that were running, yeah, they were like spraying the ring with like Windex and like paper towels. And <laughs> like, hey, nothing. Yeah, better, yeah, better than nothing. Better than nothing. <laughs> you know, at least a good soap and water spray or something. But uh, right. yeah, but, I can uh, see that being like, a concern. <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel like prior to 2020 and post 2020, I feel like that's not as much of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like people like they they broom the ring. They'll get a broom and like kind of sweep the ring before the show starts, and that's about the extent of <laughs> what they do to, to take care of and clean things. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, going uh, forward, are, are, are Lee's going to start um, testing folks? Not on the indie scene. Okay, uh, it's too expensive. You know. Well, I, I thought they were. I thought they were saying if you um the at home tests are like. Less than like twenty dollars. 
Yeah, the indie scene guys can't even afford to pay twenty dollars to the talent. Uh, <laughs> I got that. Well, I know some. Well, in Massachusetts, there were some towns that would hand them tests out for free. But yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a nationwide situation. But it might. It might become if things become worse. But uh, oh, I know, right? You know, but uh, yeah, because yeah, going forward, like you said, you know, staff infections. You know, you don't know what people have for you know. Like you said, if you you know, blading and you bump heads and you, you know, blood's getting mixed, and then now uh, you know, COVID is like so much <laughs> can, can happen now that you that you wouldn't have thought, you know, ways ago. Right. No, for sure, for sure. And uh, although, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like. I'm trying to think of how to explain what I'm thinking, but but yeah. basically it's like, you know, the, the stuff has always been there to worry about. True. Um, it's just a matter of it, you know. I mean, obviously, COVID is very new. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but like you said, but, staff infections. You said it sounded like been for around a minute. Oh yeah, those have been around a minute. Ringworm. I mean, that's been around forever. Right. Um, the chance of know, getting like some sort of hep. That's also you know. Yeah. That's some not sort of new. blood. You know, situation. Right. You know, we had we, we we're '80s babies, and yeah. uh, you know, so we know all about AIDS. Like, right, right, right. But I was, actually, now that you think about, has there ever been a wrestler that was not, not obviously full blown, but like that had uh, HIV? Not that I know of. Yeah. So I guess uh, the wrestling, were, um, you know, has been lucky in, in regards to that. Uh, you know, nobody yeah. type of situation. You know, definitely. I mean, you know, I feel like if anybody would have been Ric Flair. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's good. I mean, he was the Magic Johnson of that time period. I um, got you. <laughs> I will say, though, I think a big difference, and this is something that probably saved wrestling from this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, wrestling was never, uh, outside of the, like, 90s, uh, and this was the late 90s, when uh, you had the NWO and The Rock in Austin. Yeah. Outside of that time period, wrestling was never really mainstream cool. What do you mean? The 80s. Hulk Hulk, Hulk, you know, Hulk ran wild. Yes, but he was never, like, mainstream cool. Uh, I thought he he was. We had, you know, all the rest of the He was mainstream. Don't get me wrong. He was mainstream. But I don't think he was mainstream. He was in Rocky 3. And and there's a difference between the two. Like, Um, how so? So, so like, when I think mainstream cool, okay. um, NWO, I mean, everybody in high school had, like, NWO or Austin 316 shirts. Yeah, but everybody had Hulk Hogan shirts as well in the 80s. I don't remember anybody rocking a Hulkamania shirt in the 80s. What? I remember, you remember the airbrush uh, jackets? I remember kids having uh, Hogan and Ultimate Warrior airbrushed uh, on the back of their uh, jackets going on to the school buses. Okay, okay. Um, that that's probably real young kids though. Yeah, like I said, this is during like elementary school times. Right, right. So like you know, high school and college kids weren't doing that. Oh, okay, okay. But like NWO and Austin three sixteen, I mean everybody was doing that. You had people at their jobs flipping people off and giving them stunners, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I got like you. Fears, like. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I mean by like mainstream cool. Yeah, but you got you got to think those were the same kids that were in the eighties, like I said, wearing the airbrush jackets. So it just grew up; it just stayed with them. But but it wasn't uh, like an organic. It, that those were those people that were doing those t-shirts. Those were us, basically in high school. We just grew up. 
nah, nah, there were more than just us. Like that, and, that, and that's the thing. Like I remember being so mad. My my uh, high school yearbook. I think it was my junior year. Might have been my senior year. Okay. Um, there was a picture of this kid, Brendan McGee. Um, you want to put his full was, government name out like that? <laughs> yep, I'm putting his full government name out there, just like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him, Brendan McGee, because there's a picture of him in the yearbook doing the DX crotch chop. Uh-huh. And I'm like, he's not even a wrestling fan like that. I'm nah, like, I see you can't say that, because you, you don't know that man's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't I know did. if, if he was a fan or not. I was in math class with him. He wasn't a wrestling fan like that. But you don't know that. Unless you cool. Did you hang, up, hang out with him? Did you hang out with him? Yes. Oh. Well, see, <laughs> maybe... Maybe he's just been enough time uh, hanging out with him. And you watch Sada, <laughs> he's obviously a DX fan. And, uh, or it was just mainstream cool to be doing that, you know? I don't know. I never saw no kids doing no DX shops in the school. Uh, I definitely saw a lot of that in Maynard. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, like I said, it was, you know, the 90s and the 80s were two different times in regards to things that were, like, allowed, too, you know? Oh, so, for like, sure. something. Like a DX chop, which people, you know, sort of like a taboo. Of course, people would do that more because it seemed like almost like you know, you're you're a rebel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because don't forget, we come nine, late nineties where that DX. This was the days of Springer and yeah, and, yeah. and Maury and, and Don. You know, like talk show hosts, and then you got MTV with Beavis and Butthead, and you know the the infancy of like the real world. And so like everything was like more at the hot edge. You know what I'm saying? I Compared to the 80s, it was all about, you know, cartoons and bright colors and, you know, wholesome messages, say no to drugs and, you know, uh, 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 you know, smoking the bed, all that type of stuff. You know what I'm <laughs> I, I dig it. But, but with all that being said, because I'm not I'm not trashing re- the 80s wrestling. I'm just saying I think this is why wrestlers didn't get AIDS in the 80s. Because like like Magic Johnson, he's a star on the Lakers. He, mm-hmm. He's you know he's hooking up with like cheerleaders and models and mm-hmm. you know, celebrities that are in these big scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, big wrestling stars at that time, they're hooking up with chicks in like the local town, like you know. Yeah, um, but hooking up is still the same. The act is still the same. Yes, but I mean, I think you're a lot less likely to get AIDS from like you know some chick in the middle of Iowa than you are from some chick in L.A. Yeah, yeah, it would be it would be it'd be interesting to see what the demo, the stats were. Uh because I mean in regards then you could say, you know, Will Chamberlain uh, you know been known to have like the all time record and he skated away without that. He did, he did. Um I don't know if that's because he was before the eighties. Yeah, cause that yeah, because yeah, he was during like this late mid seventies too. Yeah. He would definitely cause something, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I know. Uh, the you know. Office. Yeah, Gonorrhea and Syphilis. Uh, they've been around since medieval time. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm sure he's had a few visits to the doctor's office for that. <laughs> uh you you saying he got a couple of prescriptions for um what was that uh a penicillin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, which uh, it's funny actually. A few years ago, uh, a relative of mine they mm-hmm. were shocked to find out I've never had an STD. Nice, and I'm like, I don't know why that's shocking. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, if you take precautions, you should, you know, eliminate that, you know, chance of getting it. You know, no, completely, completely. You know, I'm like, you gotta, yeah, take precautions. You gotta, yeah, same you thing. Know. You know, like, like with the the vid, if you you know going 
maskless for the whole time, your chances might increase compared to having a mask, you know? Yeah, you know, going around a bunch of people and all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the key to life, I guess. You just got to make good decisions and do the best you can. Like, yeah. I, I am curious because uh, the flu sort of is like, sort of like gone away. <laughs> well, not gone away, but say like <laughs> gone away, but like nobody's really caught in the flu. I know, right? And, uh, it was which, so crazy. Well, I, I'm curious. Uh, number one, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but yep. I, I do wonder how much of like COVID cases are the flu. Yeah, in actuality. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, uh, but who knows? But also beyond that, I do think uh, part of the reason why the flu numbers go down too is because people are being so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vigilant? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and uh, with the social distancing and like the mask, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, bars and clubs, you know, capacities aren't going to be 100%. They're like right. down to like, 20 you know what i'm saying so that uh what but surprisingly it seems like music festivals have been like skyrocketing in regards to um people showing up like i, I see like clips online of different like music festivals i'm just like jeez everybody's like all on top of one another so crazy. <laughs> right even even like watching getting back to the wrestling watching like nxt you know 2.0 which is my show like i mean it's still everybody's like masked up but like you know, they're still shoulder to shoulder. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Yeah. Granted, the stadium, well, not the stadium, but where they, you know, broadcast is like, instead of thousands, you might get, there might be like 75 people in there, but, right. You know, or like at least 100. But still, you know, with that, basketball, football still going strong. Like, it's, it's you know, it's a little different. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. The, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, for myself, I, I'm not a big people person, anyways. Right. So, uh, so I'm good with staying home and like not being out. But uh, it's funny. The Queen, uh, she goes back and forth on uh, things. She gets very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nervous, I guess. You know, right. about being out in big crowds and stuff. Right. Um, but it's funny, human nature. I mean, we're going to WrestleMania, uh, <laughs> like, and, in, like uh, in uh, Dallas, right? Yeah. Yep. In Dallas. Yep. Right, and, and it's funny. I actually uh, probed her about that the other day because she was asking me. She's like, "Oh, like you know, are you gonna be careful like when you're doing these wrestling shows and blah blah blah?" And I'm like, "Of course, like you know, I've I've always been a careful person even before the vid because yep. uh, the last time I, and the only time I ever had flu actually as an adult, yeah, uh, it was 2010, I believe, maybe 2011. So 12, 10 years ago, uh, 11 yeah. years ago. Okay, yeah, yep." Um, somewhere in that ballpark yep. and uh, it, it happened because uh, so so I've always been ever since Purell came out mm-hmm. I've always been a big Purell user um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to call myself a germaphobe mm-hmm. but uh, I'm like whatever the like next thing under that is <laughs> but, <laughs> you know I, I do I like to hand sanitize like I've always done that like uh, yep. I've always been good about washing my hands uh, not wanting to like touch germy things and stuff like that yep. and uh, I was in a movie uh, The Redemption of Captain Zorik and um, in the movie we were doing uh, jujitsu training mm-hmm. uh, and there was a day that I didn't have my Purell Okay. Uh, we had done the jujitsu training, and then afterwards went out and got some food. And then, like a day or two later, I was like the sickest I've been as an adult. Oof. And uh, I was like, you know what? It's because I didn't have the Purell. I was around all these people, 
and then I ate food, you know. <laughs> you don't think it was food poisoning? No, like, no, 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 symptoms? no, it was the flu. Oh, okay. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. Cough, cold, ah, I got you. all I that got sort you. of stuff. Yep. Um, but but from that moment, I was like, I am never not having my Purell or, you know, whatever brand hand sanitizer. Right. Uh, these days I use, uh, oh, what is the brand? I want to say it's Dr. Myers. Okay. Uh, hand sanitizer. It's an all natural formula, no alcohol. Um, doesn't dry out my hands, so I really appreciate and like it. And I use their peppermint scented one. It's got a nice peppermint scent, um, which I'm a big fan of. But <laughs> <laughs> but all that being said, um, yep. so yeah, when I go to when I do a wrestling show, um, and this is you know I don't want to say different than everybody in the back, but from my observations, this is probably different than ninety to ninety five percent of people in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I do my match, I, I wipe my whole body down because there, there's no showers. Right. Yeah. Be, you don't want to be going home with sweat and stank on you. Right. I don't even care about the stank, but I'm like, I want to get sweat. off. Like, yeah, the sweat. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's going to pause. Sweat, it's other people's sweat. Like, yeah. You know, and like stuff yeah. that's laying and all that. So, yeah, as soon as I get in the back, that's the first thing I do is I, I wipe my whole body down with body wipes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that and like, you know, and I'll hand sanitize too, um, yep. you know, especially because there's a lot of handshaking that goes on in the back. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so it's, you know, hand sanitize. As soon as I get in the car, I hand sanitize, like, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I think it's those sort of precautions and things that I take why I don't get sick and why, I, you know, I haven't caught the vid. Yeah. Um, and I so I explain all that stuff to the queen, and then I ask her. I'm like, you know, you're worried about me being at this wrestling show with you know maybe a hundred people. I'm like, we're going to WrestleMania next year with a hundred thousand people. Uh, or this year now, I should say, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully they'll be everybody will be separated. Uh, not well, not separated, but there'll be some sort of distance. Yeah, from what I understand, they're doing sort of limited. Actually, I don't know that they're doing limited capacity, or they just haven't sold tickets. <laughs> now that I think oh, okay. Uh, well, I, well, if they haven't sold tickets, you guys, would you guys buy it? <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like they've been having trouble selling tickets. Oh, because oh, Big Daddy Dave said something about like, oh, like only seventy thousand. And I'm thinking about, I'm like, no, that means they're having trouble selling tickets. Not that that's limited capacity. Oh, okay. Okay. yeah. You think they'll ask for um, back uh, vaccination cards? Um, no, it's Texas. Oh, okay. Okay. So no, no, nope, that won't be happening. If it was New York, probably. I think I think that's the deal to get into uh, venues in New York right now. You have to show your vaccination status or right. a um, non, what is it, a uh, a COVID test? You know, a, a negative COVID test within like seventy two hours. Right, right, right. Well, last night's pay per view, we were watching. How, how big was the crowd? What was the attendance like? Um, it looked pretty full. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember where they were last night. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. Yeah, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, they had the Migos there. Oh, nice. Yeah, yep. How and, was uh, the show before um, you fell asleep? The, the <laughs> um, it was okay. WWE, um, I think a big problem of theirs is a lot of things have just been overdone, you know? How so? They do the same. Look, great example. The opening match was um, the New Day against okay. uh, the the Usos. Okay. That that match has been like opening match on pay per views for the past five six years. Oh, <laughs> I haven't um, really uh, paid attention to that. 
all good but but yeah it, it has been um in fact uh the queen and i we were talking about how we remember the pay-per-view that they were on the pre-show okay and, and they killed it um this was like four or five years ago they were like the best match of the night um mm-hmm. and then like since then yeah they've been like opening up like every few pay-per-views like they're like two or three go by then it's like oh new day in the usos opening back. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay and so it's one of those things where it's like oh like I've seen it too many times for it to excite me. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, what other what match did excite you? Um, let's see. I don't know if any match on the card actually excited me. Gotcha. But I will say I loved, loved, loved the finish for RK Bro, uh, Randy Orton and Riddle against okay. the Street Profits. Ah, okay. Um, the match itself was pretty good. Um, oh, speaking of people with the vid, although no one has confirmed this, I yep. am 95% sure Montez Ford had the vid. Um, come to that conclusion. He was off TV for two weeks. Okay. Um, and then since he's been back, he's been moving slower. Uh, he looks like he's lost some weight. Uh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm pretty sure he had the vid. Um, Boy, he's going to be ring rust. No, this is more like it's like a lack of energy kind of moving slower kind of thing. And, okay. and that with the combination of being off TV for two weeks. Okay. That, that's what get, brought me to that conclusion. Gotcha. Um, he looked good last night, um, you know, but just not his usual energetic self. Okay. Um, but with all that being said, um, the, the finish for that match was amazing. Um, and it could have only involved Montez Ford. Uh, he, I think he's the only guy that could pull this off. Um, okay. So the action's going, bam, bam, bam. All these things are happening. Montez Ford and Randy Orton are in the ring. Um, Ford hits Orton. Ford takes off to, to hit the ropes. On his way back, uh, Riddle is out of nowhere. And he hits Montez Ford with the pop-up. Okay. And then Orton hits the RKO. Okay. Okay. And it was so smooth um, the, the way they did it. The cameras actually caught it perfectly because you didn't see Riddle until the last second. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Montez Ford went so high up in the air. Um, so, you know, for like Orton had time to like look up, like calculate, calibrate. Like, oh, there we go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, nice. <laughs> so yeah, so um, no, definitely good stuff for their finish. And then afterwards, because uh, the the Migos were out, uh, the Migos came out with Horton and Riddle. Uh, yeah, now with Street Profits? No, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. but I'll tell you um, that the Queen actually hit the nail on the head. She was like, if the Migos are legit wrestling fans and have been for a while, yeah, that they would probably want to like be able to come out with Orton. Like at this point, he's kind of a he's almost legend status if he's not legend status. Okay, okay. So, uh, and, and uh, as I pointed out too, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know the Migos personally or anything, yeah. But uh, looking at them, they look like the kind of gentlemen that might enjoy the greenery. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in which case Orton and Riddle are definitely the guys you want to be hanging out with <laughs> alright so uh, <laughs> granted I don't know the street, it's funny actually I've met the Street Profits I did security for the Street Profits oh. uh, but with that being said I don't know them to know uh, their their take on the greenery gotcha gotcha 
Okay. All I right. do know so, Montez Ford would not do a pinkies off picture with me, though. <laughs> why is that? And uh, I asked him, I'm like, hey, like, can we do a picture together? I'm like, you know, I do this whole pinkies up thing. This was, uh, you know, during the heyday of the Mega Black. Okay. And uh, he was like, I'll do the picture, but yeah, I'm not putting my pinky up. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because it was just me, like, it's, you know, like, I, I get it. Because I'm like, I feel like if we had the whole group there, it makes like, sense. Oh, like, yeah, all these high class black people. Okay, I'm cool. Like, pinkies up. Now I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> or it's just like the one guy that's doing security for you. Like, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, so uh, this day one pay per view, was this the first new pay per view for the New Year's? Or yes, had they sir. done this before? Okay. No, this was their, their first. Okay. You think they'll continue uh, this, or you think this was a one time thing? I think it was a one-time thing because New Year's fell on a Saturday. Gotcha. That's that's what I assume. Um, okay. I do remember they... I don't remember how long ago this was. Um, the, I feel like this was back when like Shane was on TV. Okay. Uh, like young Shane McMahon. Yeah. Um, I, I think they did a New Year's pay-per-view back then. Uh, okay. New Year's Resurrection, I think. Okay. Or something like that. Or New Year's Resolution. Um, something like that. Um, but yeah, that's the only other time, uh, that I know of that they've done a, um, New Year's pay-per-view. Um, uh, yeah, I really think it just had to do with, oh, it fell on a Saturday, no UFC, like, you know, try it out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you've been watching the AEW as of late? Oh, yeah. Um, definitely. That's, that's, that's my show. What's your, what's your take on this whole, uh. Tony Khan in a swole situation. I'm glad you asked that. I actually want to talk about that today. <laughs> um, so my take on it is, uh, I, I think, well, number one, I want to say uh, Tony Khan should have never responded to Big Swole. Yep. Um, to, you know, to, to what she was saying. Um, yep. First and foremost, I want to say that. Yep. He should have never responded. But with that being said, yeah, I think what he said was true, and I think Big Swole is coming off as bitter. Okay. Um, Break it down. Yeah, um, you know, I I personally was never a big Big Swole fan. Okay. I uh, I believe she got signed because she was having a great series of matches with Tessa Blanchard. Okay. Um, but I'm like, if you can't have a great series of matches with Tessa Blanchard, you probably shouldn't be wrestling. Um, but with that being said, like, hey, like she got signed, she was there. I personally did not see signs of improvement while watching her. Um, that's nothing, you know, no disrespect meant or anything like that. I'm just giving my opinion of what I saw. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, I'm going to quote Jim Cornette when uh, when her contract was up, and you know, they, they her and AEW, you know, said so we mutually decided not to renew. Jim Cornette was like, that's the nicest firing anybody has ever done. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's true. Uh, you know, I I think if she was offered a push and or money uh, <laughs> and the ability to resign, she would have. But yeah. I, I think AEW did not have interest in resigning her. And here we are, you know. Okay. Um, I hope she's able to to get work. I, I would love to see her go to NXT. Um, I, I think a place like the Performance Center would be really good for her. 
Yep. Especially based off of what she was saying about her problems with AEW. Okay. Uh, we'll get to the race thing in a moment. Okay. Um, but she was talking mm-hmm. about uh, how there's not enough creative direction in AEW. And she was saying how it's frustrating because she's like, if you're a creative person, like, yeah. that's great. But she's like, if you're not, then, you know, you need help in that area. Yeah. And uh, that's where in my head, I'm like, well, a place like NXT would be good for her because they'll give her that that direction, direction. that she's looking for. Okay. Um, I think AEW is trying to go off of old school wrestling. And it's like, oh, like, you, you, you're the talent. You give us the, the thing. Um and that's terrible though, because that show that almost just basically says that you're almost like a uh, indie promotion. Because if you're supposed uh, to be like an actual, you know, real legit promotion, you're supposed to set the tone and guidance for your performance, not the other way around. Um, I think it needs to be both. I, I think Vince McMahon, his biggest strength in the '80s, yeah, was being able to to take a talent uh, who had their own gimmick and thing, and to to make it bigger. I think right. that's that's Vince McMahon's biggest strength. Um, right. Actually, I think that's always been his biggest strength. I think the problem now is there's not any real characters. Right. Um, you know, like Macho Man Randy Savage was Macho Man Randy Savage. That wasn't the gimmick. Um, right. I, I, I love Kevin Nash talking about uh, after he left WWE, after Savage mm-hmm. left WWE. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they put Nash to do the Slim Jim commercials. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's doing the commercials and they're like, oh, like, can't you do it more like Savage did it? And Nash is like, no, like, that's him. Like, that's what he does. <laughs> and so then Slim Jim ended their partnership with WWE <laughs> and, and signed Savage directly. Okay, um, okay. But because, yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage, that's just the guy he was. Hulk Hogan, um, you know, that's the guy he was. Um right. You know, uh, just the volume turned up. You know, as we found out in court, you know, Terry Bollea might only have a six-inch penis, but Hulk Hogan has a ten-inch penis, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which might be the greatest thing ever to have been said in a courtroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So with that being said, I think the old school, and so AEW is trying to do the old school thing of like, hey, you're the wrestling talent, like you give us the thing. They they probably could do a better job with giving direction. But yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think they have outside of Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. I don't know who they have there that has that kind of eye and understanding. Um, yeah. Do they have um? What's the uh? Do they have agents like uh like Vince does? Like you know the WWE? Do they have agents in the back to like do that type of stuff? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and that's a, it's funny. I, I've I've heard different things. Yeah. And what I should do is talk to one of my AEW peeps and just straight up ask them. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> yeah, because like I said, you basically it's no different than a regular indie promotion. You just got your indie guys coming in with their uh, indie gimmicks. And you know outfits, and they just go from you know it's just televised. <laughs> yeah, and some of that is really bad. Um, right. So that, yeah, so I can see what she, her griping in regards to that would come from. Because if there's no you know direction, yeah, you sort of just gotta flounder. And, and and since they have all these new signings, it's not even make things easier. No, but if you've got the talent and the creativity, like you'll you'll put it out there and you'll shine. Um, you hope you know, like I said, it's. Well, like all these releases from Feder, you know, for Vince, it's just gonna be picked up, you know, a, a decent chunk with AEW, and then, you know, you just hope that your 
new gimmick will be able to shine through all these big name pickups. Yeah, no, and that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I think uh, someone like it. But at the end of the day, AEW does not have a developmental. Right. Um, and they're trying to, you know, they basically want to get whoever they can that is TV ready or close to TV ready. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> they pretty just much. put them out there. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't think that was the right environment for Big Swole. Nope. Um, but I, I hope she signs with NXT because I think she could do some great things with yep. that kind of uh, teaching. Yep. But, uh, with all that being said, to address the race thing, though, um, that's a tough one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things she said was, how can AEW go three years without having a black champion? Mm-hmm. But when I look at that roster, I'm like, I would maybe put the TNT title on Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. But there, there's no black wrestlers on that roster that I would make heavyweight champion. Hobbs. He's not ready yet. <laughs> you and your gripes with, with, with my man Hobbs. You and your gripes. <laughs> no gripes. Um, I think that'll not give him a couple years, especially working with like really good talent. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think he's going to do some really good things, but right now he's not ready. Okay. I right. Mean, right now, I don't think there's anybody in that company better than Brian Danielson. Okay. So I don't think anybody should have the belt but him. Okay. And if he was black, that would be awesome. <laughs> okay. But uh, but he's not, you know. And, uh, and, and you know, race is a really tough thing in wrestling. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, everything is regional. Um, and your different regions have different uh, race relations. Yeah. Uh, but it's worked in the past in regards to those same territories because when you had um like uh what's the old boy's name like uh uh Bill Watts he still promoted JYD I believe as heavyweight yep. champ Ron Simmons as heavyweight champ and this is like deep south you know from Bama states uh so that's always you know c- to gravitate that you know because you want a demographic to come to your show and I would if you look back in those old like regional shows, like a decent decent amount of the crowd is you know pretty black. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, so well, and then you have well, even yeah, up you north. The even, on the head. Yeah, I was gonna say even way back NWA uh, first came into you know regional uh, territories. You had Bobo Brazil as heavyweight champ <clears throat> way back in the time, and you had yeah, every national ethnicity had their champ. You know, you Bruno for the Italians. You had like. Uh, they even marketed Hulk Hogan as Irish with the last name yes. Hulk. So, like, so I mean, you know, so I can see, you know, I, I can see a with her gripes too. AEW really hasn't done a whole lot in regards to that. You know, like the big dogs with the titles aren't any different national. You know, they don't have diff- different but representation. They don't have any talent to 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 be at that spot right now. Uh, if they Ella. haven't, what's that? No, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like. Names, but I mean, well, yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I don't really watch AEW, so my you know knowledge of Ned Ross is quite limited. So yeah, you probably best to that. Yeah, it's one of those things like you know, uh, and heck, the tag champs are Mexican. So okay, yeah, was well, LAX right? No, 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 no. They're, 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 Lucha Bros. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, and they're Puerto Rican. LAX is Puerto Rican, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, yeah, so, yeah Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. Yeah, that's true. 
So, I mean, you've got that going for you. And the first ever tag champs were half black because Scorpio Sky was one half of the first ever tag champs. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you've got that aspect. But I think, yeah, if you're talking heavyweight title, and, and I mean, the first women's champ was Japanese for whatever that's worth. Okay. Um, who was uh, who was their first women's champ in AEW? Um, what was her name? Rio? Rio. Okay. Not familiar with the name, but okay. Yeah, she she looks like a ten year old Japanese girl. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the third women's champ was Japanese. Okay. Uh, but with all that being said, yes. um, you know, I think just speaking specifically on black talent, and it's funny yes. because uh, I've recently discovered YouTube comments. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm always late to the internet party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, but I've recently learned that comment sections can be pretty hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and I was reading the YouTube comments uh, under a YouTube video talking about the Big Swole situation. Yep. And um, a lot of Indian people were chiming in, chiming in. Which, speaking of, shout out to our listener in India. Yes, yes, uh, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, a lot of Indian people are chiming in talking about how underrepresented they are in wrestling. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Because all I can think of, and this is only in regards to uh, WWE, is uh, uh, Jinder Mahal, and then way yeah. back before him was uh, uh, Tiger um, Ali Tiger Ali Junior. <laughs> but I think, he, well, he was a second generation. His, his pops, I think, was originally. Yes. Uh, I think that's like his model gimmick behind them but yeah no, i totally uh understand you know with them too uh that they're definitely under you know you know no, utilized sure. but it's a it's a tough thing and here's where i start talking regions yep because i'm like if you go to middle america that there are no indian people there uh, yeah i can see uh i can see well i guess it all also depends too because if you, uh, if I were to tell you, um, up in Minnesota, they have a huge uh, Ethiopian uh, population. What? Yeah. In Minnesota? Yeah. I would think it'd be cold. Hey, they, you know, it just comes down to one family, you know, heads over there, another one, and then they all just, you know, stick together and they just build a community from there. That's fair. That's actually what's happening where I live right now. Yeah, um, so it's becoming an Indian community. Um, the family on the right of me is an Indian yep. family. The family on the left of me is an Indian family. Yep. And uh, they're building developments out behind me. And I, I'm often seeing uh, Indian people coming by, looking at them and everything. So I'm like, okay, clearly they, they've come here to, to build a community in this yeah. neighborhood. All right. So, you know, uh, so it's definitely feasible. But I can see, yeah, it might not be like, at, the, at this current moment, a huge population will, you know, it will show up in your radar. But yeah, they're in different little hidden hidden packets. You know, there are communities, you know. I feel you. I feel you. So but yeah, no, I see where you're coming from in regards to you know demographics and, and yeah, it's tough. How do you serve? You know, you got to serve every master almost. Right, but also comes also into like how often do you see them uh, different nationality? How many? What other? three nationalities that you usually see on the indie circuit you know it's usually white white black or uh spanish like yeah uh or, or even it's funny <laughs> we we grew up with you know new japan all japan but i've only seen like maybe 
two wrestlers of, of uh, U.S. born Asian descent wrestle on the show <laughs> that weren't brought over from either one of those top promotions. But Asian wrestling is like j- just as ginormous as is you know U.S. wrestling. So it, it all comes down to like who's actually in these you know uh, in these circuits and trying to bring themselves up. <clears throat> no, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> and that's uh, you know, and that's why like I, I look at. You know, I'm like, I look at WWE. I'm like, yep. they've got a lot of good black talent that you could make a champ. Right. Um, Bobby Lashley, Big E, Kofi Kingston. Uh, yep. I'm personally not an Xavier Woods guy, but I get it. So people right. want to throw him in the argument, you know. Right. Um, Even MVP at one point. Yeah. Yep. MVP. Um, you know. Sheldon Benjamin. A- absolutely. You know, Sheldon's <laughs> one of the most underrated wrestling talents of all time. It's a shame. Oh. I was going to say, but people do get confused. This is for all uh, colors underneath the sun. People do confuse with having, you know, uh, being the best wrestler uh, that should get that push, but it also comes down to dollars. There's a reason why they'll, you know, have, uh, for example, you know, way back in the day, like a Bret Hart be, uh, it might be healed here in the States during 97, but then when they go over to Canada, they got to push him as a face. Same thing with the Rougeau brothers. They were heels here in the States, but then when they had the Quebec shows, they made them, you know, actually, I think they uh, had Hogan go uh, beat Hogan cleanly over in those Montreal shows just because it brings in the money. One time that did happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jacques Rougeau beat Hogan. Right. Uh, I think that was WCW, though. No, I think that was WWF because uh, this was during like, when the, uh, this was like early 90s, I want to say, before the Monty gimmick. And then even um, Dino Bravo, he was like a, you know, healed uh, all throughout the States. But then when he went back to Canada, you know, in, you know Montreal, like they made sure that he got like face props because they knew he was a, a hometown guy. Well, not just that, but also like, and this is what's funny to think about how, how much times have changed. Yeah. Back, back then, like, like just using the Rougeau brothers as an example. Yeah. The fact that they were French Canadian is what made them heels. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, they did heel so tactics, though, to too. Yeah, they no, did they heel did. tactics, too. They and did. they had Jimmy Hart that nobody liked. No, for sure. But it was one of those things. It's like, oh, well, you guys are French Canadian. And well, Americans don't like French Canadians. You guys are going to be heels. Yeah, um, same thing with, uh, you know, Shiki, the Iron yeah. Sheik, you know. Yep. Uh, so but, you know, like I said, all comes down. Yeah, all comes down to the almighty dollar. So you, you gotta push who's gonna bring you that much revenue. Which uh, I always keep on scratching my head when you say with Daniel Bryan. I'm just like, wow, he really brings in money. He doesn't seem like that guy to bring in mainstream audiences, only niche, niche, you know, wrestling fans to bring in money. That's why I'm just like, really? <laughs> and my here, because I, I understand what you're saying, and, and I don't even. <laughs> fully disagree although i will say he is so much better in aew than he was in wwe um from a work performance correct right both work and entertainment gotcha because now he's swearing um he's just kind of being like a jerk okay and i feel like it's who he is (laughs) you know uh but i think really when you talk about him and bringing in the dollars i I look at it as a combination of two things one from a wrestling standpoint no one can touch him um, he, he showed up there and has put on the best matches that EW has had. He gave does that, that bring in revenue, though? Like, does he have the look to bring in, say, well, I'm, I'm female demo? Okay. I'll, I'll get to that. 
but I, what I was going to say is, you know, he gave Kenny Omega his best AEW match. He gave Hangman Page his best AEW match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think from a in-ring work standpoint, can't be touched. Okay. Uh, with that being said, now the second part, does he bring in, you know, mainstream audience where women want to see him? Um, that I don't know, but he's got the WWE pedigree. So if nothing else, people will recognize him. Um, they'll be like, oh, that's the yes guy from WWE. I remember when he won WrestleMania against Batista and Randy Orton and Triple H. Yeah, but those are current fans. Those aren't like new fans. Yeah, is he going to bring in new fans? I, yeah. I don't know. But he's... Like, is he, is he going to sell new t-shirts to... Like how you were going back with the whole DX thing, how it was like commercialized? Can he yeah. do that? Yeah, I don't think he's that guy. All right, see, so, <laughs> but I don't know who is that guy. Um, Roman Reigns. Yeah, Ro- I mean, but he's in the WWE. Uh, but I know what you mean. Yeah, Roman yeah. Reigns. He's he's been the only good thing in wrestling like this past like two years. Like, <laughs> well, even you said so Orton. I, um, Orton's that's a tough one. Okay, because. Uh, like the RKO, like the RKO out of nowhere is like a very famous thing. Okay. But like outside of that, like I don't know how many people like know who Randy Orton is and gotcha. All that. Although he is, I mean, you look at him, he is sports entertainment from the ground up, as JBL would say. Right. Uh, I do think women would appreciate watching him. I think people could get into him. Right. But uh but yeah, I don't know how much mainstream he is though. Okay. 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 Yeah, well, we're in different times too. Uh, you know, with the, the rocks and the stone colds, uh, we want them to be walking in the door, but I don't think that that's going to be happening any, relatively soon. Especially now, we're in a pandemic, it's going to slow things down. <laughs> accomplishing that goal, but yeah. But no, going uh, going back to Swole and uh, TK, uh, we saw like way sidetracked <laughs> off of that, but no, nah, continue on that. <laughs> Yeah, um, so what's your opinion on the whole thing? Well, I know you don't see, watch a lot of AEW. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just going on for face value in regards to, like you were saying, with like the comments and stuff like that. Um, so I'm just going off of like how you said uh, Tony Khan shouldn't have um, made that comment on Twitter, and yeah. which, I, which I totally agree. Uh, that was bad business. Uh, this shows like also to your workers how you conduct yourself. Um, right. In, in that type of... Uh, you know, uh, atmosphere. So, you know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, representation definitely is, you know, uh, definitely important now that we're in a totally different, you know, decade in regards to how things once was. Um, you know, people want to see themselves that look like themselves on television. Uh, so hopefully that can happen. In regards to her but performance, I, feel- I don't. I, no, I was just going to say, I feel like representation is there. Um, and Leo Rush actually commented about that. You know, mm-hmm. how many uh, black wrestlers there are on the roster and on TV every week. Right. But if you're constantly losing the, and you're like, say, like a child, obviously for us, it doesn't really do nothing. But like, you know, self-confidence does come into a fact if you're growing up under circum- circumstances where you don't have a lot of confidence in yourself. And then you see somebody on television that looks like you. But they're also not winning. It does, I guess, could play a factor in the cycle. Yeah. No, um, I feel you. You know, but uh, in regards to her, like, in-ring performance, I don't know. Like, just, 
judging by what you told me, sounds like she's somewhat green. So I'm hoping that she can, you know, uh, get better in regards to that. Uh, I might check out, you know, a couple of her matches, see how she is. Um, you said she's, she's, she did well with uh, Tessa. So, yeah, that's good. But, you know, I'll give a look and see how she's done. You know, yeah, other performers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate how, you know, this whole thing played out. Uh, you know, he, Tony should have took the Vince McMahon uh, route in regards to you got to have work. Your, your former employees, you know, when they do leave, they got to comment on your business uh, and just take it on the chain and move forward. And yeah. that's not every uh, situation. No, <laughs> <laughs> now, the queen actually brought up a great point when she and I were talking about it. She said, you know, he, he shouldn't say anything. Let let the other talent who, you know, like Leo Rush, who did, like Leo Rush tweeted, like, hey, like, blah, blah, blah. The queen was like, you know, let your talent speak for you. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's funny, the, the race thing and Leo Rush, like, he said there were race problems in WWE. Yep. Um, and, and I think... And here's here's where sometimes yeah the, the world I, I and here's where I don't know the answers yeah um, because I'm like oh the world is just such a weird place and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things where like, like Leo Rush complained like it's a bad look for like a, a young black man to be carrying an old white guy's bags yep and he's right. But it's not about making a young black guy do it. Every young guy that comes into WWE, like, that's just what you have to do. You know, you carry the, the old guy's bags, whether you're black, white, Indian, Hispanic, you know, purple or Asian. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, everybody's got to carry the bags. Like, that's that's just how it goes. Okay. Um, and so that's where I'm like, I don't know the answer because, yeah, it is a bad look. Like, especially if, like, you know, a young kid, like we just talked about representation. Yep. And, you know, so you got your young kid out there and he looks and he's like, oh, that's Leo Rush. And but why is he carrying Randy Orton's bags? Like, is he like, you know, he's just this bag boy? Like, yeah, you know, no, right. Um, so, yeah, that that is a bad look, but it's but it's not meant to be <laughs> because everybody has to do it, you know? Um, and that's where I'm like, I don't know the answers. Right, right. Well, like you said, things have changed. You know, wrestling back in the day was a good old boys club. Now, not so much. No, for sure, for sure. Like, do they still have wrestlers court in uh in the WWE? Um, yes, yes, they do. I, okay. I recently read something that uh Roman Reigns has taken over Undertaker's spot as the uh, judge. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so that still happens but uh all right well yeah uh it's gonna be interesting how things <clears throat> you know uh play out uh in regards to where the business will be going uh seems like uh you know vince uh and his company are trying to make strides into you know changing the atmosphere where it once was um you know and uh, it sounds it seems like aew that's trying as well yeah, I mean, um, AEW is arguably, you know, and this is something I think that Big Swole really should have thought about what she was saying before saying it. Okay. Uh, I mean, AEW has, a, they they had a, a transgender women's champion. Okay. Um, they've got uh, Sunny Kiss uh, on TV. Um, okay. They've got, you know, they, they've got a wide, they, they've got a very diverse roster. 
Okay. Um, you know, every week on TV, you're seeing Leo Rush, Scorpio Sky, Dante Martin, um, LAX, the, the Lucha Bros. Okay. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, and we're talking three hours of TV, uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, you know, and I'm naming people that are on these three hours of TV a week that mm-hmm. that's taking up half your TV time with mm-hmm. people that aren't white. Mm-hmm. And so it's really tough to say AEW is not a diverse company. Like, not, you know, right. uh, and <clears throat> the queen brought this up, even if, you know, because she was talking about how there's no one up top of color. Which Tony mm-hmm. Khan responded that you know you've got two brown people in charge, <laughs> and that's the other thing. I'm like, yeah, Tony Khan's an Indian guy. Like, yeah, you know, it's not like he's an old white man. Um, right. But but also too, Brandy Rose is the um, C. What is she? C CFO, Chief Financial Officer, I think, or something. Oh, okay, nice. Or Chief <clears throat> Brand nice, Officer. Nice. That's what CBO, Chief Brand Officer. Well, does she like? Is that just a title, just for title, but or does she like get business done? <clears throat> I mean, I have to assume she gets business done. Okay, you know how sometimes in some companies people get these extravagant titles, but they don't really have any power. Very true. Very true. But <laughs> um, well, I'm hoping that she, you know, uh, does you know use her influence uh, in regards to that. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, but I'm like, but that's a black woman, you know, in, yep. a, in an executive yep. position. Yep. But it's all a little nepotism. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Being married to one of the co-owners doesn't hurt. You know, it's not like... Not know. co-owner. Not co-owner. Executive vice president. Executive vice VP. But still, man has rank in the, the promotion. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, that's definitely... <clears throat> That definitely helpful with that being said you know matt jackson's wife doesn't work for the company right but it, brandy's been in the business though in regards to wasn't she um one of the wasn't she one of like the divas when cody was over here i think so actually yeah okay yeah because she was definitely a, under a wwe deal and that's where they met right so, yeah so it's like she was she is a work you know like a one one of the you know performers uh i don't think Matt Jackson's wife is. <laughs> I mean, she, she makes gear. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, how you know, twenty twenty two comes up, we're gonna have more of these situations play out, or we're gonna have you know more, you know, looks. Wrestling is a hard, you know, wrestling is a hard thing to promote different nationalities because unlike actual like non you know uh uh unlike sports that have a predetermined finish you can't you it's not you don't gain it off of pure merit and skill right like other sports right. do this one is who thinks who likes you who thinks you can bring in the most dollars and then who, there's so much that is like attached to that compared to just your pure home grown skill for sure for sure <laughs> And that's what makes wrestling unique, I guess, in that in that way. And mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not acting either, right? Like, so it's uh, you know, it's a well, they said, they said they said wrestling, you know, that that's how wrestling became so big initially, you know, because like boxing was, for for example, you know, heavily dominated by you know black fighters, you know, heavyweight yes. boxing that is. So you know, when you have a heavyweight wrestling you know white champ it's sort of 
you know, make things a little easier for for others, you know? Yes, no, absolutely. And, <laughs> and that is true. Um, a big part of wrestling's popularity uh, came from, but also, too, prior to uh, Vince McMahon Jr. taking over WWF, yep. everything was regional. And yeah. so when it's regional, you're, you know, you base it on what that region, you know, that's why Bruno San Martino, he was the champ for like eight years because they're like, we've got all these Italians here in New York who yep. want to come see their Italian champion. Yep. That's why Eric Watts made JYD the champ down south because he's like, we want to get all these black fans into the arena to, to yep. be the black champion, you know? Yep. Um, so it's it's tough when, once you try to make it international uh, or even just national. Well, yeah, uh, even when it had international, is then what they were, they were sometimes like Vince would hire like uh, a prominent Japanese wrestler or like WCW would have Muda, you know, like do, go over to their, with their shows to, so they yes. can bring that, that audience. Yeah. Yes. Jinder Mahal. I mean, that's why he became champ. I I, I don't say this Brown, Brown Jewel. Uh, no, not Crown Jewel, actually. Before oh. that, uh, oh, okay. they got a TV deal in India. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's when they made Jinder Mahal their champ. Um, I, I feel like, because a lot of people say that's disrespectful to say. He says that's disrespectful to say. Right. I say he earned I understand the spot. <laughs> yeah. But I, I say he earned the spot. I, I think he was the right guy at that time for that. Like, I don't yeah. think they just took some random Indian dude and were like, oh, you're the champ. No, because he came back. It wasn't he came back with the look. If this was during his three M B look, didn't look a little funny style. Right, right. But yeah, he came back in amazing shape. He was working out with personal trainer Chris Cavallini. Shout out to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, like he looked the part. He had the uh, the Singh brothers with him. You know, the entrance, the modern day Maharaja. Yes, sir. And uh, just the whole deal. Um, so I feel like it's not disrespectful to say he got the belt for, you know, because they got that TV deal because he he was still the right guy for it. Like, right. But, but there's no question. It's like, oh, we just signed a TV deal with India. Like, Jinder Mahal becomes the champion. Like, that's not a coincidence. Right. But exactly. It's, but it's like we were talking about. Yeah, you want to appeal to, to certain audiences. To make that money. Right. And that's really tough to do on an international level because now, no matter what you do, you're you're cutting somebody out. You know, Jinder Mahal's the heavyweight champion, and the billions of people in India are thrilled, but the white people over here are like, "Oh, wait a minute! You know, they're taking our jobs." <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's tough to serve a multitude of masters. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the the battle you have, like I said, with predetermined, uh, you know, results. Yes, yep. And trying to to market and uh, and what's tough is, the most revenue, yeah. right? Yep. And because, like you said, because it's predetermined, yep. it's not um, it's not just merit. Exactly. Uh, you know, UFC, uh, which I, I'm a big UFC fan, um, and uh, it's funny, I find myself getting more and more into it uh, these days, and they've got an interesting system mm-hmm. because the the outcomes are not predetermined. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they've, they've figured out how to make it a work otherwise. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and so they, they push personalities. 
Okay. Um, so if you've got a big personality and you can back it up in the ring, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get the push. Yeah, like Connor. Yeah, yep. And, you know, in fact, Connor's a great example because, uh, you know, he's lost his past three fights now. And Dana White was uh, saying, Connor, you know, when Connor comes back, he might get a title shot depending on what the scene is looking like. And someone's like, wow, like, you know, you give Connor special, uh, special privilege or something like that. And Dana White's like, yeah, he's effing special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, AKA, he makes me uh, money. Right, right. You know, if you put Conor McGregor on a pay-per-view, he's going to sell at least a million. Right, right. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that. you know, even if he's not holding up his end in the ring, he's he's selling tickets still. So you, you, you give him the push. Yep. No, I totally uh, agree. I mean, it's the same thing with, uh, well, homie, uh, Logan Paul. No, Jake Paul, I'm sorry. Yeah, yep. uh, Yeah, I mean, he's bringing in revenue. Absolutely. Like are, even, are watching his, uh, he's all over, you know, the headline, the new sporting news and all that. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Jake Paul fan, but I give him his props. Uh, oh, I totally give him, uh, you know, his, his his props as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, even people want to give him a hard time about his last pay per view, only selling sixty five thousand. Uh, but I'm like, how many people are selling sixty five thousand pay per view? I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, 50, 50 bucks a uh, thing. So I'm like, uh, at 50 bucks a thing, 65,000 people, I, I'm not even going to try to do the math on that, but, <laughs> but, but we're talking millions of dollars. Yep. And whatever, he's probably getting at the gate and whatever uh, other, you know, pre, you know, money that he's getting up front before the, right. you know, right when he signs his name on the dollar line. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, he's so, definitely, he's definitely making some, some, some money behind it. Yeah, no, he's making money. He's he's getting all that from push. The, yeah, all from the, the Muhammad Ali uh, tree that uh, Floyd uh, is a branch off of, and then now he's you know giving game to you know in regards to the, okay, the braggadocious. Okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, because you what? did not mention Jake Paul <laughs> in the same. No, no, but I was saying he, he's doing, Muhammad he, Ali and Floyd Mayweather. No, no, I'm saying in regards to the braggadocious. Uh, fighter that people want okay. to see lose. Yes. Cause I, yes. Like when people want, like for example, like when people watch Tyson, it wasn't to see if he was losing, it was to see how badly he would kill the other guy in the ring. Right. <laughs> right. But when you had like, you know, Muhammad uh, Ali, who's quite outspoken for his generation, you know, for his time, a lot of yes. uh, mainstream, you know, audiences want to see him lose. Now, Which is so Floyd, funny because he's looked at as the baby face these days. But, oh, yeah. Like, he's he, like, yeah, everybody like loves him. Um, but then you know, Floyd was on the opposite side of that. But he was more because he was saying how much money he had, he had, and people wanted to see him lose and get a you know defeat on his undefeated record. Right. So the same thing with Conor McGregor. You know, McGregor, loud, boisterous. You know, uh, everybody. Well, he has lost several times, but it seems like people <laughs> just want to see him lose no matter what, even though he seems to be you know still talking it up. So same yeah. thing, Big Paul. Same tree. I feel you. I feel you. And I don't disagree fully. Um, I'm like, I, I don't think you can mention Jake Paul with those same names. He's not quite the same level of talent. Right, right. But I'm just saying in regards to marketability. Yeah. No, in regards to marketability, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, again, like people are saying, oh, he only sold 65,000 pay-per-views. How many pay-per-views are you selling? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And last time I checked, 65,000 in the pandemic is a lot. Yeah, right? Like, 
Like that's more that's more than my town's population in another town put together. There you go. So, um, and that's what I, I think people people confuse things because it's like, yeah, Conor McGregor sells a million pay per view buys, like so people, are, oh, that's the, but it's like everything underneath that though, like it's mm-hmm. so good, like exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And there's only there's only in history. Uh, I want to say four people that, that have done million pay-per-view buys. Um, Two. Conor McGregor. Uh-huh. Brock Lesnar. Okay. Uh, Mike Tyson. Okay. And actually, I'm not even sure who the fourth is. If So it might not be, it might only be three, but I feel like it's, oh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey? Really? Yes. Wow. I'm actually surprised that she was able to bring in a mill. A milli. Yeah, she... She was a huge draw during her. So wait, Floyd it. never brought in the mill like against like like his fighters like Canelo or against um, Oscar or against I think like, a fight against Oscar may ha- fight against Oscar or Pacquiao. One of them may have. Okay, but he's not a consistent like the the four that I named. Like you put them on the pay per view each time. It, it's a mill. Oh wow! It doesn't matter who they're fighting. But okay. the, those four people, you know, and like you said, with Tyson, uh, people want to just see how bad he was going to be. Actually, it's funny. All four of those people, yep. um, I, I think, it, you know, that's how they got their popularity. Ronda Rousey, people wanted to see how bad she was going to kill the other women. Okay. Um, once she started losing, that's why she had to leave because it was like, where does she go? You know? Right. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar was the same thing. People were like, oh my God, like Brock Lesnar, how bad is he going to kill this person in a real fight? Well, and also that he was coming from, you know, the professional wrestling and see how a professional wrestler handles themselves in a mixed yeah. martial arts ring. Yeah, yep. He had a built-in audience already. And yep. So, yeah, no, there was a lot of intrigue for him. Right. Um, and then with Connor, um, same thing. His first, because uh, when he first started, um, you know, I think it was his third fight in when he won the title against Jose Aldo in yep. 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, I think it was 49 seconds, but still. Um at that when people were like, wow, this Connor guy, you know, he had the gift of gab. And, mm-hmm. and then he was starching people. So people were like, wow, like we want to tune in to see this. Mm-hmm. Now with him, he, he turned like in the process, he turned heel. Mm-hmm. Um, b- because it's one of those things you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Right. Um, he lived long enough to become the villain. Right. Uh, he, he was no longer the, the hungry kid from the ghettos of Ireland, like right. fighting for a shot. Now he's, you know, a multimillionaire. And so now people want to see him lose. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it's interesting, though. Those four people are the only bankable people where it's like, oh, million pay per view buys. Like outside of that, no one else has those kind of consistent numbers. Mm-hmm. So Jake Paul sold 65 grand, and this is his lowest that he's done. Exactly. Like, and because it was probably it was a rematch too, so it was like, all right, we saw it the first time, so so it loses its luster. Yeah, and it was a short notice rematch. Right. If this was like, because I know there's, there was in talks, rumors that you know after this he might do Anderson Silva, you know, in a box match, or he might just go to MMA. But this, say if this originally he was gonna go boxing as Anderson Silva, I definitely think it would have been higher, you know, uh, buys. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, because Anderson was definitely Anderson bringing Silva the whole. Off the yeah, and he was definitely bringing the whole Brazilians, you know, uh, demographic in with him as well. Yes, yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> it will be interesting. It will be interesting. Um, as I say, start, starting off 2022, this uh, A was our most in-depth 
episode and our longest one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we've covered, I feel like, so many topics. Right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess in, uh, if you want to, you know, close us out to begin uh, the new year. Yeah, man, yeah. Actually, uh, this will be an uh, appropriate closeout because uh, I am getting ready to uh, do my first Sunday sermon. Nice. Uh, yes, yep. Uh, so I'll be putting that up on Instagram uh, later on today. No, but, uh, no. Yes, and uh, I'll be doing those weekly, probably uh, after the podcast each week. Those will be coming out. Okay. And um, with all that being said, uh, eventually I'm going to move it from Instagram to Patreon. Hopefully people will be willing to spend a dollar a month to uh, hear some good words. But, I can dig it. Right, right. But uh, but yeah, so with all that being said, let's close out uh, our first episode of 2022. Uh, as you said, it is the, our most in-depth and longest. <laughs> um, so I think we're going to start off 2022 bigger, blacker, and uncut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, uh, for everybody that has hung with us for these past 79 minutes, uh, well, actually, probably a little bit of the first part of that will be cut out and edited. So we'll say everyone that's hung with us for the past 75 minutes uh, <laughs> of this podcast, uh, as we said in 2021, and as we will continue to say in 2022, you could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Um, Actually, before I close out, sir, do you have anything you want to say to close out? Like, this is the beginning of the new year. Do you want to send positive vibes, message, anything? Uh, peace, love, and happiness. I dig it. I dig it. Um, so, yeah, peace, love, and happiness. Less less dividedness. That's right. that's what I want to see in 2022. That's what I'm All going right. to be preaching a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so much division in this country, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's race, whether it's politics, it's, and I think because of that, you can't can't achieve things uh, because people aren't working together. Um, you know, just looking at the whole COVID thing, it, it became a political issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got your your right and your left split on how they feel. I'm like, this is a, you know, this is a disease. It, it doesn't see politics. You know, no, not at all. But, you know, that's the world we live in. So I'm hoping to, to affect some change and help bring people together uh, this year, because that's what we need. But, uh, <laughs> but with all that being said, uh, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I, I need you to filibuster for me for about 45 okay. seconds. All right. Um, take over the reins uh, for this uh, brief, uh, small 45 second uh, break. Okay, um, we're actually good. He has returned. Yeah. Break it down. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> as I said at the end of our last episode of 2021, uh, there was a thing that I want to make better. I've got it now. Here we go. So we're going to close out <laughs> our, our first episode of 2022. Thanking all of you for being here with us for Before the Three Count. I am your main man Osiris along with the one the only Tasty T Tasty T AKA exactly the unnamed host with AKA and uh, we love you all thank you all for listening 
Oh, that sucked. All right, we're going to work <laughs> on the bell for next time. I, I thought this was going to be really cool. I should have tested it out beforehand. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, ding, ding, ding. 